This is the Roar and Peace Project coming to you from Studio 3 at the Third Space on Campus Corner. I'm Kate Bierman, mom to Ellie, 22 months, and five rescue animals, political scientist, policy wonk, and co-owner of four businesses with my fellow co-host, Sarita Wilson. And I am Sarita Wilson. I am almost 50 years old, uh, birther of four businesses, mother of two grown children, five rescue animals, and one errant husband. So in our last episode, we started a breakdown of the different components of starting a business. We talked about a business plan, what it's good for, how you could use it, how to write it, what to put in it. And so now we're going to talk to our bank. We're going to talk to the people who have invested in us and thought that our business plan was good enough to give us money. So (laughs) boots on the ground, boots on the ground. So, and I've mentioned many times that the importance of having a great banking relationship. So I'm really glad to welcome Andy Schreer here today. He is the president of Republic Bank in Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm going to just hand it to him and let him tell us about himself. Yeah. Well, thanks Sarita and Kate so much for the opportunity to come and talk with you guys today. Um, and thank you also for the opportunity to be your bank. It was really, it's really honoring for us, and we sure appreciate that at Republic Bank. Uh, Sarita, as you mentioned, Andy Shear, I'm the president of Republic Bank and Trust, and we're a locally owned bank um, here in Norman, Oklahoma, that um, we try to work with small businesses and large businesses and all kinds of businesses from different varieties, and that's who we are. Um, I've been a part of Republic Bank for, gosh, a long time now. I would say 16 and a half, 17 years now, connected with the bank. I've had two stints there um, and have had the opportunity to do a lot of different positions. Um, and I live in Norman with my wife and um, Megan, who were both actually both Norman High School graduates. So we uh, we grew up here and moved away and then came back, realized what a great place this is to, to raise a family and have a business, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's a, it's a really fantastic place for that. And so I have two wonderful kids. I have a 15-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son um, at uh, Norman North and at Whittier Middle School here in Norman. So. And not not to toot Andy's horn too much, but he also is very involved locally. He has served on a number of city commissions and committees to really help us kind of formulate some good plans for the city as well. And we really appreciate that. And I think that uh, that also helps bring a bank closer to the community mm-hmm. that they serve. And so that's yeah, nice of you to say, Kate. Yeah, I think it is. Well, I think it, you know, anytime you're integrated as a small or medium business in a community like Norman. It's absolutely essential, and I think that's, you know, both Sri and Kate could probably talk to that a lot, too. It's it's a big part of their business to be a part of the community and realize that if you're uplifting other businesses, it's amazing how that helps your own, and certainly Republic Bank has experienced that through the years. When I first opened Annie's Rough House, I um, had a different bank that I won't name, but it became evident that they did not understand what, what my needs were, mm-hmm. and they wanted to treat me like an employee of a corporation, and they wanted things that come from you know, having a solid employment relationship with, you know, for a certain amount of time. And those are great things in that kind of bank. But if you're an entrepreneur and you need to bounce ideas off of somebody or talk through a plan or even get some funds on your good looks in a spreadsheet, (laughs) which has happened for me, you need somebody that understands that. Uh, So tell us about Republic Bank and their um, kind of their goals in the community and 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 why you're different than other banks in that capacity. Thank you. That's a great great question. I think to me, um, Republic Bank, we are a small business. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in the world of you go and you look at you know U.S. statistics of what is a small business, you know under 200, 250 employees. Well, 
we have about 140 employees, so we are a small business. Um, and that allows us, I think, our way of thinking is very similar to other small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, the same challenges that run across every small business, whether that be you know human resource related or finance or marketing or janitorial, whatever the case may be, we, we, we deal with those as well. And so I think probably the difference and the differentiator for us has been that we're able to empathize and understand those situations. And, and instead of being what I consider... You know, I, I just just past Christmas time, and it's a wonderful life past, and this whole idea of I come and have to beg for money, mm-hmm. beg for a loan, just never mm-hmm. thought that's the right approach. I've always thought this is a collaboration. Um, there's certainly going to be times within banking that due to good restrictions, and both you guys both can realize at City Council, well, there's times where you just can't make that decision right. that maybe you, you think you want to do. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I want to make sure that we're empathizing, understanding um, what that particular person really needs or wants or desires for their business or for themselves individually. And try to find a solution that can best assist them whatever way we can. And I think other banks um, do a great job on some of those things too. I think we have probably a personalization that we really strive to do that, you know, meets or exceeds anyone else. And if you are lucky enough to live in a community that has a local bank, you may not even realize it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's not something that a lot of people understand. They think a bank is a bank is a bank and mm-hmm. that their local bank might be the same or comparable to Bank of America or, you know, one of the national banks and, that's really not necessarily the case. There can be some great bankers affiliated with Bank of America, I'm sure. But I have noticed significant differences in a local bank where the bank leadership lives and works in that community versus a bank like Bank of America where the employees at your particular branch, you know, they might have the connection to that community, but the leadership doesn't. Yeah, I think that's really true. I think, you know, you know it's, it's when you take your dog's Danny's rough house, then you start kind of like understanding the idea of what, you know, how that works. I think there's that's definitely a component. And I think there, there are definitely reasons for all kinds of banks. I think that's there's I mean, different sizes. I think when you're a small business, you're a startup, you're someone who's been in business for a little, just a little while, and you're up to 200 employees. I think really a community bank offers some unique things that maybe other other institutions just don't. And uh, and so it's been really honoring to me, kind of back to my personally, to be able to be a part of an organization um, like Republic, because I, I didn't say this, but I worked for a Fortune 500 company out of state before I moved back to Norman, and great company, fantastic organization, but the ability to actually be personal and to sit with great people like you and talk about your business is what Republic Bank affords me and what we love doing. And that maybe wasn't a part of our our, uh, our thoughts, when at least wasn't a part of my thoughts when I was outside of the state of Oklahoma. Well, one of the things I personally love about Republic Bank is that maybe I'm driving through the grocery store parking lot and I see Andy or Chuck or Matt or any of the people that I deal with at Republic and maybe we sit and have a one hour long conversation. <laughs> I know that Andy and I have done that before and it's about everything. It's about you know, what our business is doing, you know, what ideas I might have for future businesses. And one thing I really appreciated about my relationship with Republic Bank is when I have had bad ideas, I've always been welcomed by Republic Bank to sit and talk them through, which if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have good ideas and bad ideas. And sometimes you need somebody to say, no, that one's not good yet, or it's not fully cooked, or it's not you're not ready yet. And Republic was really good at doing that with me in in earlier years. And then when it was time, they then were able to help me have all my ducks in a row to be able to be successful because we're like a partnership. So tell me. And I think think related to that, though, not then negatively harming your relationship because of those bad ideas. I think that that's really easy to do. It's really easy for anyone when they have vetted an idea and said, no, this isn't a great one. To then say, well, and then, okay, Sarita Wilson, like, now the next time you come in, I'm going to give you a little side eye about this idea. I love that that's not 
the sense we get from Republic Mm-mm. that they're willing to tell us no and then say, come but back he, again the next time, or this is what, what you need, need to, to do, do to get there. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's when we tried to do that. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of, we want to be treated, right? I mean, I, we call it, call it the right. golden rule plus. <laughs> yeah. Treat others better than you would hope to be treated yourself. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the way I would want to be treated. It's really easy also mm-hmm. just to tell someone no. Mm-hmm. I mean, and about right. anything. You or can even almost to get say people yes. to say no. Yeah. But if you can say, yeah, you can say yes, but have you considered yeah. and thought about that? Because in most situations, most entrepreneurs I know, once you kind of lay out thoughts and ideas, if they haven't considered those, um, then they, they'll they'll honor those and think mm-hmm. through that because mm-hmm. we all want to be successful. Right, yeah. So. And I feel like I trust that feedback I get. Um, so I guess like, let's talk, let's get into the nitty gritty of what does <laughs> a bank look for when lending to new or even existing businesses with new ideas? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of, um, lot of things probably, and it seems kind of complex, maybe overwhelming mm-hmm. to someone who comes into a bank. I was a marketing major um, when I was in my undergraduate degree was in marketing. And I so, was a liberal arts. Um, were you liberal arts? Okay. So political, political science. science. I was actually a political science minor. I can tell that's a long story. Oh. We have, that'll be another day. <laughs> we can talk about that. But I, uh, That'll be another hour-long conversation. It, 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 with me, with me it might be. Right. I, I apologize for my wordiness. But I, I think there's, there's you know, in marketing, there's like four Ps and stuff. You took that. And there's seven Cs of banking. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm going to tell you, as the president and commercial lender, I've got people who probably, probably know them. I can't remember them all oh. um, right off the top. But I've b- boiled them down to three C's. And to me, these are the C's that I always encourage people to think about when they're when they're going to approach a bank, because I think this is what a banker is thinking. And the first is, the, the first C is character. And I think that's an interview, and that's both ways. Well, that must so, be why I get um, money. Well, you, you guys I'm a character, that's for not, sure. Not, not a character, just character. <laughs> oh, okay. but, but, I think, but I think it's a quality, you know, kind of, the, is yeah. this person trustworthy? Is this someone that I think is ethical? Is this someone that I believe is going to, um, to, 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 to frankly, want to pay us back if things get tough? And on the flip side, I think from the customer's point of view, is this a banker that I can come in and talk to and mm-hmm. say, what do you think about this idea? And be honest. Because, and, be, and be honest. And how would so. you hope for someone to convey that? Is that through certainty in their business plan, through yeah. prior working relationship with you, just how they dressed and looked and smelled when they walked in the door? Well, you know, this makes sense, <laughs> Probably yes is the answer okay. to all those <laughs> things. Because I don't think it's necessarily that you, know, you have to spruce up and be... But I think there is a, a familiarity there that comes in. I also think there's a, you know things like credit reports and, and analysis, being prepared. Mm-hmm. Probably as much as anything, I come in and I'm prepared and I know that we're, we're here to talk about, a, about something that's very serious, obviously, to the person coming in to ask for them. But it's also... Should be just as serious um, for the banker mm-hmm. on the other side of um, of the table or desk or whatever is there, and so I think that's very very important. I think it's you know it's just like any relationship. I think it's really about trust and feel. Um, but I always say if you can't get past character, this is the one C I say that there's there's no and that's both sides. You shouldn't talk to a banker that you don't have that level of trust and belief in, and and a banker probably shouldn't if they don't have that level of of, of character belief the other side and so that first C is very very important so would it be normal for a budding entrepreneur to come interview their bank interview mm-hmm. in a way where it's like hey I'm a I'm going to be starting mm-hmm. 35 businesses in the next four years and I want some bank right. that can would that be something that's advisable like you know I think I think it's for me it would be I think it's mm-hmm. going to depend upon the banker probably there's a little mm-hmm. different um, thoughts on that but I think for me I would love that um, for me, I always say, and this is an old granddad, grandma adage, 
change is you need to have a banker, you need to have an attorney, you need to have an accountant, and I always say sometimes an insurance person. Mm -hmm. And I still stick to that. In mm -hmm. fact, I teach a class at the OU's MBA program, and I say that every year. I feel like he could um, have written so our podcasts for us. Absolutely. I think good. we've yeah. talked so, about almost all of those all of things. <laughs> and so, so yeah. in that case, you should interview. And I, yeah. I think in each of those positions, you should interview. And you may ask, you know, I always have people that say, hey, well, who, who would you recommend? And I say, well, I'm not going to give you an exact recommendation. You should go talk to these three or four accountants that I know mm -hmm. will do a good job for you yeah. and see the one that's the best fit. Um, as a, you, as so. a small business that's had an accountant that we outgrew, mm -hmm. that is very important. And watching another small business in our world have insurance problems, I would say your advice on the insurance. You just never know. Side. Those are places, and really what I always say, the way you, when you know someone is when you know you have their cell phone number. Yeah. That's my, my deal. If I can text you at night, then I know you. Then, I <laughs> then, know you. then we're friends, right? And I think yeah. that's the level of kind of hopeful relationship. In order to do that, I think you're right. You do have to have some level of interview. I mean, I don't mean you know, I don't mean go in and necessarily have 30 questions, yeah, but, like, but hmm, I do think okay, go in and me. say, hey, how would you do this? And kind of get a sense mm -hmm. of whether or not they're invested. Mm -hmm. In other words, you would recommend that the first time saying. you meet them is not when they're pitching you. I think that's a great, <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like you guys have talked about that. I absolutely think that's the case. Um, building a relationship front end before you're actually asking something of someone is very important. And I think you can determine that character. It falls right in line with kind of what we, we talked about. So I think that's very, very important. Um, and then I think the second C that I, I always say that a banker is going to be thinking about is um, cash flow. And so what cash flow is kind of, that's a terminology that's used in finance a lot because a lot of people talk about income and revenue and expenses and that sort of thing in a lot of other industries. But we're bankers. We know that loans and credits get paid back by cash. Mm -hmm. So maybe money that's going to show up later, could be receivable, could be timing differences, but really we have to have cash. And so what we're going to look at is can you have the ability to repay? Because um, even the federal government's been a lot of things in the last few years to make sure bankers do this. But the thought process is the worst thing I can do as a banker, and this is the, the thing that will eat, eat any banker up more than anything else, is providing money for someone and then having that them put them in a place where they can't be successful. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether that be too much money, um, too little money. Um, it can be all kinds of things. It's just not a, a good burden. verification. Mm -hmm. Didn't take the time to find out. I mean, all the things that are nightmares. And so... Um, that to me has to be essential that, that a banker goes about that. So there are times I think that people get frustrated and they say, gosh, you're asking for a whole lot of information. And I get that. Mm -hmm. um, there are times where I would be frustrated. I've been frustrated. I mean, on the other side of that. And I thought, gosh, really? Don't you know me? I mean, and, but I think really, if you think, keep in mind that the thought process on that is, um, is for someone to be verifying and making sure that you, at least on their understanding of your situation, that you have the ability to repay. And so on the other side of that, if it's someone that's coming into a bank, I always say, well, go ahead and do it and help show the cash flow. Mm -hmm. You might as well come in and say, here's what it looks like to me right. and, mm -hmm. and provide because then you've done the work for the banker and nothing says I'm prepared more than I've thought about things from your point of view and I'm now bringing it to you in, a, in, the, in the context of what you personally would most want to have. And that really falls for anything in business. If you think from the other side's point of view, then you'll end up in a good spot. And I think so. to bo kind of boil it down, especially for someone who might be a new business owner, I mean, and maybe maybe I'm the only one who ever did this when I was when I was a kid. But as an example, when I turned 16 and I wanted a car, yeah. I tried to think about what argument would best reach my dad right. to make him want to buy me a car. It's not mm -hmm. so different. And I realized, I said, why do you want to continue driving 30 minutes each way to drive us to school? Mm -hmm. Why don't you buy me a car and then I will drive my brother and I each way to school? And within a month. You had a car. Because he was like, you're right. I don't want to do that mm -hmm. anymore. And what am I willing to pay mm -hmm. to not have to do that anymore? <laughs> and, and it's the same thing. Look at it from the bank's 
perspective. If you were going to be loaning someone $200,000, what would you want to know? Well, it's the same thing you would want a banker to be doing for you. Mm-hmm. You want them to think about your business from as if they were the CEO or the leader. Obviously, they're not. But you want them to be thinking because that means you have, you're, you're, you've aligned your way of thinking that will mm-hmm. end up, I think, in a much better. And it just allows much more brain power mm-hmm. to go into your operation. And I remember when I came in and talked to you guys about buying the expanded kennel system before we expanded to a second building, we needed more space at Annie's Rough House. And the best way to do that was to go up instead of out because we had a 5,000 square foot building that had 16 foot ceilings, blah, blah, blah. Um, So I had this idea that if I spent $150,000, I could scoop up XYZ amount of customers. So I came to you guys with I didn't have the cash flow yet, although I had had a lot of years of experience and a lot of data that I had kept. And then I could say, look, if I'm turning away these dogs and if I were able to scoop them up, I could pay your payment. So Mm -hmm. I I spoke your language in that cash flow, even though I wasn't showing that particular cash flow yet. But to your credit, in a way you were, because Mm -hmm. by tracking how many dogs you were turning away... I was tracking lost money. You were tracking the lost cash flow Mm -hmm. that you would then have if you had that equipment. And I can imagine that that made it much easier for them to make that decision. I always make the joke, if you come in and your business plan, you talk about, here's what I believe my projections are. Mm -hmm. One of the things the Small Business Administration will talk about is you need to have 12 months worth of projections, or maybe three Mm -hmm. years, even sometimes. 12, three, and five years. 12 months, you know exactly what those are. And so 12 months. And so I always say, I'm looking at the footnotes. Mm-hmm. Well, especially on a startup, because what I'm looking what for is well, how did you get to yeah, how did you get to that number, <laughs> yeah. and are they believable? Mm-hmm. Can I buy them? And, mm-hmm. and certainly something like I have this many dogs I've, I I know could be served allows that to me to have a lot more comfort in understanding that that what number is legitimate, and, and it yeah. also shows again prepared you're prepared. And so yeah, that, when you write so your deal, business so. plan, we talked about this in our last podcast. You want to have those projections in there. Uh, you want to do footnotes that say how you got those assumptions, and not just pull numbers out of your fanny. Well, it's essential because I would tell you the number one thing to make me not, as a banker, not believe you can do what you're doing is to have numbers that you cannot substantiate. But you can't You can have a wonderful marketing plan. You can have a great business idea. But if you show me numbers that you cannot substantiate how you got there or someone else came up with Mm -hmm. them, it makes me really, really question whether or not you're actually going to be able to prove that cash flow. Related to that, I think that there might, and I I don't know this because I've only done this a couple times, but I can imagine that there would be a sense among startup business owners to want to gloss over or not mention any pitfalls or seasonal drops in business or things that with just by scratching the surface might make a startup business owner feel like that undermines the strength of mm-hmm. their business plan or their pitch. Mm-hmm. But it almost sounds like what you're saying is, is you would rather have that honesty and say, I recognize, because otherwise those assumptions might not make sense if you're looking at this yeah, and the wor- saying, the worst I, thing, yeah, the worst thing to your point, the worst thing that can happen is someone discovers something you haven't told them. And that's almost a rule of life. That's not necessarily <laughs> a, a just a rule about business, but right. I think that's uh, that's absolutely the case in, in this situation. And I also think that goes back to that idea of if you have a partner inside with a banker partner, then um, you should hopefully you feel comfortable and they feel comfortable to ask as well, so that it's more of a collaborative process. But yeah, Kate, you're exactly right. That's very important because I keep that be I keep I keep going back to us going in recently, recognizing that in a few months down the road we were going to have simply just cash flow issues because of timing, because of the seasonality mm-hmm. of our business, and we're getting better at kind of recognizing those early mm-hmm. and doing the legwork ahead of time. But that didn't stop me from being really nervous 
to go in there and be like, no, the business is still good. Yeah. Well, we just need well, more money. And especially on the front end, you guys know this probably as much as, I mean, it, it's just the reality of, of where things are. You don't, you can't always predict everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I think, and, and I know that's nerve-wracking, I, I don't think there's, I mean, maybe, I want to say maybe when I ask my wife out, but nothing other than that maybe is as much intimidating to me as going and actually asking someone for money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one likes that. I don't or care who you are. It's your not. banker that, hey, things are imperfect over here. Right. It feels flawed, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to remind myself many times I'll say, if somebody said, Sarita Wilson, would you like 1,500 paying customers, two locations, and $15,000 in the bank, would you take that business on right now? And I'm like, I have to remind myself that, yes, I would, um, because many times that scenario in my head becomes, oh, my God, I only have this much money and I only have this many customers. So it's nice to, uh, I don't know what my point with that is, but it's nice well, to no, be I able to kind of articulate important. Well, that. I think it's also, I think you're making a point. I think it's really important. Um, I don't know if this has necessarily a connection with banking, but, you know, someone who's owned businesses and done things in the past separately, and, and I certainly say it's the same thing about at Republic for us. I mean, mm-hmm. as a small business, too. Occasionally, you do have to stop and step back and say, you know what? I, I made it. I, mm-hmm. I'm doing well. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I always encourage in that kind of way of thinking is, there's a point on every single month that you pass, I mean, hopefully you pass break mm-hmm. even. Oh, I do that. And, in my uh, head, and I'm always like, day, oh, we made it another well, month. I, I call that steak dinner night. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've always called yeah. that, or whatever your favorite food is. Yeah. And I've always said, that's the night you go out and you yeah. celebrate. Because I think as a business owner, it's real, you get into the mundane, the everyday, um, just whatever it is. I mean, and and, the, and it. the anxiety. I mean, and because mm-hmm. kind of circling back to, to that example, if I am ever feeling anxious about our business, I want to go in and talk to Matt. True. Because we walked out of that meeting feeling like rock, rock stars. stars. <laughs> he was the biggest. He was a bigger champion for our business that day than we were, <laughs> because yeah. we felt a little uncomfortable about coming in and asking for money to basically get us through the next few months. Sure. And he was like, "You guys are doing great. You have a fantastic outlook, and oh, all these new ideas you have—they're going to be excellent." And just he was the biggest champion. It was like business was owner nice therapy, yeah. Yeah. and That's and. Right. That is really reassuring and having a bank that's willing to reflect that back to you to say you're not in a bad place just because you're coming and asking for money to kind of bridge these next mm-hmm. few months. That does not mean that your business is not sound. Right. Well, and, right. and to kind of really rah, 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 old Matt, I love Matt. He also, we came in with a not so great idea with a friend of ours that didn't quite have, it wasn't really ready yet for what he was wanting to do, which that's why I went and took him in because I wanted that conversation to happen. And Matt was very good about saying, here's what you're going to need to do to get to that place. He was so kind. It that was, was the kindest no I think we have ever heard. No. Like we walked it, out it and I was a, like, I think he said no. And Sarita was like, yeah, I think so too. And I was like, but he was so nice about it. He was real <laughs> nice about it, but he's also kind of mentory about it. It was a no, but no, but here's what you need to do to get to where you want to be good advice, good sound principles. So I don't feel like I'm just getting glad-handed or anything when I go in there. I feel like I can go in and say, here's an idea, or here's a thing we need in our business, or whatever, and I can get good advice whether I get the money or not. Mm, that's kind of you to say that. I, I think that's real important. So I'll, I'll give you my third C. Third C. Um, right. I, think, I think the first C, obviously, is character. I'm going to repeat them just to make sure. But mm-hmm. the first one to me is character. Obviously, that's number one. The second thing, I think, is cash flow. 
And that, again, is that ability to make sure, because that, that, that needs to be there for sure. And then the third one, from a banker's point of view, realize that, and this is a, we're a pretty heavily regulated industry. I always say other than mm-hmm. the airlines, probably right, the most yeah. regulated industry We can industry be friends all day there. long, so but we have there to are get some the things. And I think that's because we're also, and people can forget that it's because we're the place that keeps your deposits. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that everything is safe. That's mm-hmm. very, very important to make sure we have a good monetary system. And so all that regulations on one side really are to protect mm-hmm. your deposits. And I think that's important. So the third thing, though, to help keep everything kind of in a safer place for us is, uh, and keep our economy going is collateral. collateral. And oftentimes mm-hmm. that is the, the C that people and most, a lot of bankers will start with. So what do you mm-hmm. have to offer? And, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel kind of pawn choppy when I do mm-hmm. that. And I don't feel like that's the style because to me, that's the piece that's really a safety net. It's not mm-hmm. the deal. It's not mm-hmm. the person. It's not the outlook, but it's the place to where as a bank that I can say, well, Hey, this is what, you know, either due to federal government regulations or requirements, this is how much I can loan on your house or how mm-hmm. much I can do in this type of business. And so um, that's that's the place where we have those restrictions and mm-hmm. that they're different. And there's other financing. I know that we may probably want to talk about some of those. There's other financing opportunities outside mm-hmm. of banking for other things, but mm-hmm. the, the, those come at a higher cost. And so I think it's important, though, when you come from a, from a, to a banker to understand those three C's because that's going to be important for the, every banker I know. They may not call the three C's. That's mm-hmm. my, more my take. Um, they may call it some variety of different things. They may have more C's than that mm-hmm. that they utilize. But generally, those are the three C's that I think they're going to look at. And I like to think of that in the form of kind of like a three-legged stool. Mm-hmm. And character always has to be there. So I always have to have that leg. Mm-hmm. But if the other, one of the other two isn't there, then we'll work really hard as a community in a smaller bank to try to find a place to where it fits, whether it's maybe there's extra collateral, so we'll more worries about cash flow. Mm-hmm. But to me, cash flow is probably the priority. I want that leg to be also pretty long. Because I think it's important that we have um, have it to where you can actually be, be proven at least to pay the money back, either based on projections or historical information. So that kind of segues for me the fact that um, you kind of mentioned that there are non-traditional banking mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. lending options that are outside of your bank. Do you, I know that you do a lot of teaching in the community and that sort of thing. So can you tell us mm-hmm. what options you feel are out there for the non-traditional lending? Yeah, and, and I'd say, and this may not be a non-traditional, so I'll start with one I think is, is, is kind of commonplace a lot of times for a startup. Um, because I mentioned the government regulations that are out there for, mm-hmm. for banks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I love our love living in the United States because we also understand that we need to have small businesses that are the lifeblood of kind of mm-hmm. what it makes our economy go throughout our country. And, and in place of, so they have all these restrictions to make sure banks are safe, but then for they also want to encourage entrepreneurship. Well, they also, because of that, they have the Small Business Administration and the SBA, which is a place to where the, that group really doesn't necessarily make individual loans. They have some capacity to do that, but more often what they're doing is they're helping banks be able to meet the regulations that banks have. And guarantee. And guarantee. And mm-hmm. so they'll, they'll, they'll provide. The and, and they have wonderful options. programs, um, and that's a collaboration that many mm-hmm. banks have. It's not, you, certainly Republic does as well. But, mm-hmm. um, so that's lending that kind of flows through a bank. It does, so, it does so, so through a bank, still goes through, through a bank. You're exactly right, Kate. The, the, diff- the difference on that is you have a U.S. federal government guarantee of some of the debt for a bank. And so that, that almost like so, a, the federal government co-signing your loan. In, in a lot of ways, it is. Um, there's certainly restrictions. And, and because of that, as you can imagine, since it's a government loan, there's a lot more paperwork and there's a lot more um, that goes into that. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty time-consuming process. So again, and also a little more expensive, usually. Um, but it's a way to, miss, to get the capital that maybe you or your startup would want to, to, want to have out there. And there's also angel investors, which are places where there's unique places out there to provide mm-hmm. funding that um, either through a loan or or a um, or just a general give of money uh, is very helpful. 
Um, there are a lot of organizations that, depending upon the industry you're in, may have the ability to have access to additional capital as well. I always encourage people, and I, and I don't want to necessarily recommend on your podcast necessarily a single place, but More Normal Technology Center is a fantastic mm-hmm. organization that I, I had the opportunity to serve on the board for for a long time. And it's a free service that they offer for business owners to meet with a small business management person. And that's a great place to go and actually have the ability to talk and think through not only maybe who else is out there, what did you, would you be, should you go talk to a bank even? Mm-hmm. And they're a great place to, to help out and assist in that way. You also have places like the Innovation Hub that has some counseling services here at the University of Oklahoma that, that provide a lot of resources. Um, outside of that, then you get into there's venture capital and private equity, depending upon your size, size of your business mm-hmm. and industry. And what industry? That are, that are a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, in, in Oklahoma, there's a lot of oil and gas venture capital and private mm-hmm. equity if you're in that line of that industry. Seems like there's a lot so for tech startups. There are. There are technologies there. There's certainly yeah, SPIR. There's a lot of mm-hmm. government type grants and resources available through OCAST, um, which is the Oklahoma Center for the Advancement mm-hmm. of Science and Technology, oh, um, nice. which is a fantastic organization in Oklahoma City that provides resources as well. So mm-hmm. a lot of things are out there. I would probably say if, um, if, if you're interested in those, then um, certainly reach out to me. I'm happy to, to provide more information on where to access and find opportunities that might be non-traditional bank. And something that, that I will probably be coming to talk to Andy about offline is that if you live outside of Norman, Oklahoma, your city government or your NEDC may have resources, training opportunities, learning opportunities, and often grants available mm-hmm. for startup businesses. There are communities kind of in our metro region where their EDC through the city provides grants to startup businesses to open storefronts in their industries that they feel they're experiencing leakage. EDC, Economic, Economic Development, Development Corporation. Corporation. Apologies. Yeah, so, I, think, I think it's good. And then a lot of times those are inside, especially on the side of the community, chambers of commerce mm-hmm. as chambers, well. Yeah. And so I, I think I'd, I'd failed to mention that. That's a good place. I mean, I think even the Norman Chamber of Commerce has grants for beautification mm-hmm. and things like that that can help supply things that for small businesses. I mean, these all dollars count. They add all that up. And so um, some of those places have, have monthly and annual fees and costs to be a part of the association like that. And you have to judge as a small business whether or not that's a value add. In many cases, I think mm-hmm. it is because you get mm-hmm. access mm-hmm. Um, to those other things that are out there that might provide really some great solutions for you and your business. Well, those are great. The three C's are character, cash flow, and collateral. And I'm going to remember that. That's nice. I like that. Um, <laughs> what advice, as we wrap this up, what advice would you give a startup to help them to be successful? And related to that, is there anything that you see startup businesses do that they think a banker wants to see? that you say, don't spend your time on that. Spend yeah. it on this instead. Yeah, so, so do this and do that. And don't do that kind of mm-hmm. a question. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. I think to me, um, I think probably the number one thing that I would say for someone when they want to come in and be successful with the bank is absolutely be prepared. Be prepared. Have thought through things. Um, do your research. Way, do, a, do your research. And there are resources. We live in a very digital world where there's so much information online and the ability to access things. Ask people. Mm-hmm. I know of no one in a chamber of commerce that would ever not want to help yeah. have someone start a business. I would I would talk to other business owners. I would yeah, call Serena and Kate yeah, um, and get absolutely. and get best practices. We'll gladly we'll find, give you advice. Uh, <laughs> we'll find a community. I mean, I know one of the things that um, Serena, you've been a part of here that I've been participating in here in Norman has been a million cups, which yeah. is a great opportunity to have entrepreneurs and put yourself in front of people and have the chance to really you know ask questions, and, you know, be and open, and be vulnerable in some ways. One Million Cups is a uh, national organization. It's a it's a nonprofit group that's uh, 
I guess sponsored by the Kaiser Foundation. Kaufman Foundation. Yeah, the Kansas Kaufman City. Kaufman Foundation. Uh, it's really good that it's in lots of communities across the nation. Mm-hmm, it yeah. Is, it is. So, and you can also watch their presentations online a lot of times. On yeah, YouTube. there's a lot of communities, and usually they're local kind of gatherings of people. The idea, obviously, to come around a mm-hmm. cup of coffee, which mm-hmm. um, Sreed and her coffee have provided great we help provide in, this, the in this deal. But I think yeah. it's a, in, in the Norman group. But I think those are opportunities to kind of help in that preparation. Um, to be to be really thoughtful. We've talked about some of the other things that I would I would recommend, which are just again put yourself in the shoes of whomever it is that you're talking to and with. And the banker's no different than that. Um, if you're looking for success, I think that will lead to more success and faster success. And then again, find that relationship. I mean, I, I don't think it's inappropriate at all to interview mm-hmm. and talk to people and, and get a comfort level because um, there are going to be times where I'm not going to be the right fit. Um, I like to have, I have enough ego and confidence. I think I can be a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, and I think enough times, hopefully, to to be successful, and that's proven to be so far. But I think, uh, but I think that doesn't mean that always it's going to be. And you need to find someone that you feel comfortable with and can really relate to and and uh, be able to share with about your business. And I think that's that's really really important. Um, I think to answer Kate's part of that question, which was don't you know what do I what should I not do? Um, what I I think probably um, be un- it's not the opposite be unprepared. I think walk in assume that um, whatever it is that you you should you're worthy of the of the loan before you even walk in. I would say ego is probably the biggest turnoff for a banker that there is. So if you walk in and say I have it all figured out, it's probably not a really great approach. Um, and I know that that's probably not the intention. And most of the time, people come in with a big ego and, and kind of a pushiness about what they want to accomplish. It's usually because they're insecure and they're a little bit nervous. Because mm-hmm. they, that they think that's what the you want is the confidence level so, that so maybe they so don't So I would need. say don't, be the, don't have that facade. Um, be real. Be because real. most of the time, maybe you're good enough and maybe someone's out there good enough to fake something. I, I've not been around that over the course of time. Maybe you can fake one meeting, but you don't usually, get, usually fake multiple meetings with someone. I think you want that relationship anyway. And so yeah. if that's the case, I would say then I, take the time. To, to go in and be yourself, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think find someone too, because I think one thing that happens a lot with small businesses is they or small business owners is they say, well, I'm going to go get credit cards or I'm going to go and apply online somewhere. And, and that's fine. You may be able to obtain some cash that way. You don't establish that relationship. Mm-hmm. And that to me will create an issue for you. Even if you get the money on the front end for the, what you're seeking, that's a bad habit to get into mm-hmm. because I think you lose out long-term on the opportunity to have an advocate and someone that's really thinking along with you. Okay. Well, and I think that can be really expensive money. It can be. Too. And I've fallen into that pitfall before because I didn't want to ask. Well, it's hard. I mean, I, it's I, hard. again, I think it's, I, I think going it's to the doctor to or going to the dentist is easier sometimes than going to see a banker. Yeah. And I understand that. And so that's why I think we try so hard to make it to where it's not, not an overwhelming experience for someone. Mm-hmm. Because I think um, I've been in a situation where I've asked for money and I, I hate that. I hate yeah. doing it. Oh, it's hard. So I, yeah. I think it's um, realize that that's, that's going to be something that's always going to be. Everybody's like that. And I think that's the point of today's podcast is to hopefully remove some of the fear in, in these topics. And the mysticism mm-hmm. behind banking. I think a lot of yeah, people see. I'm really not see, that exciting. <laughs> I think a lot of people see banks as this big, ephemeral the entity that, that, you know, graces some people with money and others with none. And so, you know, and it's really, it doesn't need to be that way. And I think that that's also really inhibiting for people as they think, oh, well, I mean, I don't, this is a bank well, that just, I'm walking I'll into. I'll say this, this is very personal. Um, and I, I know we need to wrap up, but I just say this, the reason I'm in banking and the reason most Republic bankers are in banking is because I absolutely want to see people be successful in my community, not only for themselves, but so they can add employees 
and those employees can have families, and those families can have success, and they can help our healthcare system, yeah. and they can help our school system, and they can drive opportunities for future generations. And it's not to earn a paycheck, and it's not to feel power over ability to, to grant money or not grant money. There are plenty of people like that mm-hmm. and, uh, um, in my industry, unfortunately. But I do think, by and large, most people have the same spirit mm-hmm. and care and want to have that. And I think that's really important that you find a banker that has that same spirit. Well, Agreed. thank you so much, thank Andy, you. for joining us today. I really feel like there's these three C's are great, great advice. And, and that there's um, uh, hopefully some, somebody takes this advice and goes and starts the next big thing. Well, and they do that. it with the help of Republic Bank. <laughs> So continue to find us on uh, RoarAndPeaceProject.com. And send us any comments, questions, topic ideas to RoarAndPeaceProject at gmail.com. And we will see you all next week.